Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. TC, do we have our guest? We do. Is he li- oh my God, it's, it's so good. It's so nice that McKay Coppins would grace us with his presence. What is this attitude? Well, I mean, What's happening here? I mean, that he would work us in because I'm reading about him in The Atlantic and NPR, <laughs> The Washington Post, The New York Times, he's The LA his, Times. He's wanted. I look up, I look up at, at the monitors. He's on MSNBC. As he's well, doing he morning. Be. So it's so nice that he could work in his old friends here. <laughs> oh you know, those who have been McKay Coppins cheerleaders since back in the 2012 cycle. That's true. We right? are big McKay Coppins. And oh, my fans. God. Not that I'm not happy for his success. He is the hottest <laughs> political book in the country right now. Romney, a reckoning. This is McKay Coppins. Hello, McKay. Michael, I, I will always have time for yeah, you. you know that. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. McKay, <laughs> McKay do, do you, do you have, what, what, TC? What is wrong with you? Well, I don't know if he has anything left in the tank. Of course he does. He's McKay Coppins. It, the book, every tidbit of the book is everywhere. McKay, I'm sorry. Just, just go with it. <laughs> uh, look, I'll, t- I'll take hottest political book in the country. I, I don't. You can say whatever else you want. McKay, what, what are, what are all the people missing 
who are summarizing your book. Like, there are so many tidbits and nuggets that have been published. And McKay Coppins, having invested two years in the project, must be saying, I'm surprised they're not focused on this. Give my audience the this. Um, okay, well, I'll give you a tidbit first. All uh, right, that, that now I, I we're don't talking. Think it's a lot, a lot of uh, pickup yet, but could be relevant depending on what's happening in the House. So th- there's a story about uh, after Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination in 2016, uh, you know, Mitt Romney watches in dismay, and you know, I write about this in the book as one Republican leader after another dutifully lines up behind Trump, even as they, in private continue to say that he's a menace, that he's a joke, that he's a buffoon. But, you know, the, the demands of partisanship uh, require that they pretend to like him. Um, and one of the most jarring examples of that to, to Romney was actually uh, f- former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Hmm. Um, Kevin McCarthy, at the time House Majority Leader, uh, <laughs> he, uh, R- Romney heard uh, from a, a Republican congressman that at the Republican convention, right after Donald Trump gave his uh, very dark and kind of glowering uh, acceptance speech at the Republican convention, uh, Kevin McCarthy leaned over while everyone was applauding and whispered to this Republican congressman, Benito Mussolini. Wow. Wow. Uh, which, which uh, you know, given what McCarthy became known for later is kind of the, you know, the most loyal Trump ally, the guy who, you know, excelled at sucking up to him and defending him and excusing him. That's a pretty interesting window into what he actually thinks of Trump. It it reminds me of the Kevin McCarthy that we saw on January 6th, not the Kevin McCarthy who quickly thereafter shuttled down to Mar-a-Lago. McKay, how this is such a unique project. How did this come together and with what parameters? Well, I I approached Romney actually after January 6th. because I, I had covered him for about a decade at that point, and uh, you know I had gotten to know him pretty well, and I could sense that what had happened at the Capitol that day, you know, Romney himself narrowly escaping the mob, uh, watching these you know people who, in Romney's view, had just been you know lied to by Donald Trump and various other Republican leaders, ransack the Capitol. It shook something loose in him, and he was in an introspective, soul-searching mood. He he was kind of looking at uh, not just what his party had become and not just what, uh, what was happening in the country, which alarmed him, but his own, his own career and, and whether he was complicit at all in the Republican Party you know, going down this road to what he considers authoritarianism. And so I basically approached him and said, I want to write this book. I think you have a lot of stories to tell. You've been inside these caucus rooms. You've been inside Republican politics for 30 years but I only want to do it if you're ready to be fully candid, right? No, we can't, we can't do the old Mitt Romney where you're tightly controlled talking points and sticking to the script and being cautious and calculating. And, and luckily for me, he accepted that as a challenge. And he not only gave me, you know, more than 40 interviews, actually close to 50 interviews over two years, uh, he handed over his private journals. He have handed over his private correspondence with top Republicans. Uh, he he really decided to, uh, you know, be completely 
transparent and honest with me. And, and I think that comes through in the book. I, I have profiled a lot of people. Michael, I've come on your show to talk about profiles of, of prominent political figures over the years. I have never had an experience where somebody uh, as, as high profile and famous and powerful as him, still in elected office, decided to just fully unburden himself over the course of anything the year. off limits no he, nothing he off limits told me there were no subjects off limits do you no. do you believe that the commonality of your faith enabled him to trust you in a way that he wouldn't with another journalist i, I think there's no question that that played a role i think that uh maybe that you know i think two things were were at play there one is that he we could use a shorthand with each other, right? Like, he didn't feel like he had to explain uh, how a Mormon mission worked when right. he was telling me about his Mormon mission. I'm going right? to ask you about that, yes. Um, but then the other thing is that, and I, I think that I didn't realize how important this would be until we were well into the project, but, you know, he said it, we, we both grew up Mormon, but not just that, we grew up in Mormon in places where there aren't a lot of Mormons. He grew up in Michigan, I grew up in Massachusetts. And uh, he said to me once, you know, uh, w- when you grow up in our faith uh, outside of Utah, you get used to being different in ways that are important to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that has defined the last several years of his political career as he's been increasingly kind of isolated in his own party. McKay, my house is absolutely on the list for LDS and Jehovah Witnesses, because I engage and I am courteous and I believe it's a tough job. And then I get to this part of your book, quote, every day Romney. This is this is in France. Every day Romney and his fellow missionaries would pick one of the brutalist concrete towers in town, climb the stairs to the top and spend hours trudging through the halls, knocking on doors one by one and getting them slammed in their faces. I don't want any. Bang. Get out of Vietnam. Bang. No, no, no. Bang. Entire months would pass like this without a single person inviting them in to talk. Their shoes wore out, their feet blistered. The Sabbath offered little respite from the rejection because there were no Mormons in, how do I pronounce it, Lahav, Lahav, Mm-hmm. There was no church to attend on Sundays, and their meager budgets meant that they could usually afford to eat just two meals a day. Like, that must be such a difficult process to go through, and yet I guess that's a large part of the very lesson of doing missionary work. This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? 
Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM, Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. That must be such a difficult process to go through, and yet I guess that's a large part of the very lesson of doing missionary work. Yeah, and that was the lesson that he took. And I, I have to say, this resonated with me as a former, former missionary as well. You know, what he realized was that those months in Lahar, which you know were especially brutal, and which he basically didn't talk to anybody. Nobody invited him in. He never got he never got a Michael Smirkanish in Lahar who who would at least engage with him politely. What he learned was that the point of it was the sacrifice. The difficulty was the point. It was you know building character, uh, yes, but it was also it had kind of almost a, a sanctifying effect. You know, doing something hard that may feel pointless, but it, because you believe in it, uh, th- there, there is something sacred about that. And he would think back on that lesson much later in his political career as he took this kind of, or much later in his life, as he took this stand against Trump that ultimately he, he realizes was maybe futile, but he, he felt was important, and, and maybe the fact that it was so hard for him was the point. It's so, I mean, that his faith is so important to him and his family is clear from your pages. And to me is also a reminder, I think I may have said this to McKay Coppins before, of how I think faith was mishandled by the Romney campaign in mm-hmm. 2012, uh, that the most, the most aspirational, inspirational, I should say, aspects of that convention were the, the, the testimonies that never played in prime time. It was like they were shoved in the corner. And I thought, oh, my, if people only heard about him, like, sitting on the bed and writing the will for the the, the kid, 
uh, and some of the other good deeds that he did, I think they'd look at him in a in a much more favorable light. Well, and and th- I think this was one of his main problems as a presidential candidate that you the, the his faith is the central element of his identity. It's right. that and his family, and they're, right. they're, they're intertwined. But when you take that off the table, you're left with this kind of plastic shell of a presidential candidate. And that, I think that's why he often came across as, you know, artificial. People just, they, they, they didn't know what mattered to him. It just seemed like all he cared about was winning because he wasn't really allowed or allowing himself to talk about the things that mattered most. Does he know that now? I think so. You know, I I actually told him when we were when we were meeting, like as a Mormon reporter who covered your campaign, I was often kept at arm's length because of our shared faith. Right. right? Like they didn't want. I never interviewed him that year in 2012 because they didn't want me to you know ask him religious questions mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. And and I think he he didn't even realize just how. Uh, militant his consultants were about this and and so i think that may have been a little eye-opening to him the uh, the photographs of he and his father like the resemblance is uncanny by the way two handsome guys you know i like <laughs> mitt's a handsome guy I, I can say that tc right i'm in total control of you can just yeah. say it you don't I have to be in control okay, okay. of anything thank you he just is um <laughs> there you go um did he did he in the 47 percent reference have his own quote-unquote brainwashed Mm-hmm. moment and does he regard it as such yeah no i mean it, after that 47 percent tape came out he uh he was kind of anguished i, I read that the journal entries that he wrote in the days after that story broke were some of the most kind of agonized uh entries of of all the years of his journals he beat himself up constantly he called himself stupid he couldn't believe he had done this uh, he he even entered into I think I mean I'm not a psychologist but it seemed like almost like a clinical depression he was he couldn't sleep he couldn't eat uh, he said he couldn't even stand to listen to music and I I think a big part of it was and we talked about this the fact that he felt like he was repeating the mistake his father had right that that famous quote that moment that derailed George Romney's presidential campaign where he said he had been brainwashed uh, by the generals and and in, in, uh, into supporting Vietnam that you know romney had taken the lesson from his dad's uh presidential meltdown that he he needed to be extremely careful stick to his talking points very tightly controlled and uh not not make that same mistake so after 47% i think he felt haunted by this idea that he he was repeating the mistake of his father and now wouldn't be able to uh, kind of complete his father's unfinished legacy. McKay Coppins, two final questions, and thank you for being so gracious with your time. If no labels came to Mitt Romney and said, you know, here you are, Senator, here you are, Governor, ballot access in 50 states and a, and a running mate uh, because Trump and Biden, three quarters of Americans don't want either of them, could he be enticed? He wants so badly to run. He told me repeatedly that he wanted to do it as an independent uh, he wants to be on the stage with Trump. He's afraid that it will end up helping Trump, a third-party candidate. But I'll put it this way. If he uh, could be convinced by some data that it would hurt Donald Trump if, to have an independent bid or that he had a real shot at winning, I think he would do it in a second. Final question. Stephen Levy is an editor at Wired and, and has written great books about the tech sector. He's embedded himself at Google. He embedded himself at Apple. He embedded himself at Facebook, now Meta. 
I, I happened to be interviewing him in front of a live audience and back on the day of his book release. Uh, don't worry, McKay, this is going somewhere. And backstage before we went out to uh, me to conduct the interview, he got a text on his phone from Mark Zuckerberg. The book had just come out, and this was Zuckerberg telling him what he thought of the book. So now you know the question. Uh, when the text came from the senator or the phone call or the whatever, what was his review? He had a series of reactions. His very first reaction was that he loved it, um, that he thought it was fascinating. Then he started to realize just how much he had told me and how <laughs> it would it would influence, I think, a lot of his relationships, probably end some of his relationships. Right. And he started to get worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. J.D. Van- he and J.D. Vance are not having lunch based on McKay Coppin's <laughs> book. OK. And, and the, the final, final question is, so therefore you remain on the Christmas card list like he's cool with you. And if he has any regrets, it's what he said, not necessarily how you treated him. He he disagrees with some of the things I wrote in the book, but we're still on good terms. I saw him last week in his office, and I, we'll we'll still be talking. Nice. Uh, all kidding aside, I wish you all great things with the book. I think it's it's really quite a project, and and good for you. I I know I, I gave you work out at the outset, but I've been cheering you on as I've seen all of the releases and the coverage and so forth. You deserve it. So. Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Okay, and, and McKay, you can come knock on my door. I don't know. You could be the one to turn me. <laughs> You could be the I'll, one to turn me. I'll, I'll prepare my there, approach. There, I, there I, are, I, I've got, I've got <laughs> just the thing for you. There are a lot. Of, there are a lot of things I, I really find, uh, you know, attractive about LDS and and the life and so forth. And you I would say, make a great Mormon, Michael. Wouldn't I? Let me tell Don't you. you think so? Except, I do. I, except I, I, I could see it. McKay, where am I going on missionary? Oh man! Where am I going? Like, where are you sending? I'll tell you what. If you you decide to join, I'll put in a good word for you. You can pick your spot with the elders. Okay, I would need that. I would need that. Thank you, McKay. Hey, thanks, Michael. The book is called Romney: A Reckoning. Romney: A Reckoning. How was that, TC? You got all nervous. I just, you know, I just want to make sure McKay's okay. (laughs) He's fine. He's He's you know what? Actually, he is fine. He's he's the best. He is the best. Really is. I've always gotten a kick out of him. You can't be more always. You can't. Why? Because because they don't drink. At all? At all. Mm. Mm. You ponder that. I am pondering it. I just thought, wait, I just thought the booze had to be out of sight. No, 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 no. Are you sure? No, no. They're honest through and through, those Mormons. I'm not saying they're not honest. I just thought you had to They don't do it behind closed doors. Like you're at Salt Lake City. They just put it off to the side. That's because they don't want to look at it at all. Mm. That's for the the heathens among us. That would be us (laughs) to be drinking. Speak for yourself. Right. They want me, TC. And by the way, in the end, they may have me. They might. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.